Wednesday, October 4th already. I mean, we're just rolling right into October. It is good to have you here on the Plus once again. Good morning to all of you. I see a lot of greetings and salutations already being offered over on the chat. Good to see so many friendly, familiar faces in that chat room before the show even starts. You're all fantastic. And let me thank you. If you are listening today on the podcast, it was a big day for the podcast. Over a hundred thousand downloads. It took about 180 something days to get a hundred thousand downloads. Thank you so very, very much. The channel continues to grow here on YouTube. That podcast is officially, you're going to get the podcast. It's blowing up and I thank you so much for that. Uh, we got some cool stuff to get into today. It is Cowboys week after all. And on Wednesday, that's the day of the week that it officially becomes stop looking in the rearview mirror. The only thing that matters is what's in front of the hood. And we are looking out the windshield and we see him coming as big blue star from Texas. Let's do it. Let's officially do it. It's Cowboys week, everyone. Welcome. The tale of the tape is showing impressive measurements from both of our scheduled fighters in the ring on Sunday night football. Look, the 49ers have given up the third fewest points in all of football and the fifth fewest yards. The Dallas Cowboys, meanwhile, have given up the fewest points in football and the second fewest yards as a defense. We got two nasty, know-how-to-do-it football teams facing off against each other. And when it comes to offense, yeah, it's pretty good around both of those locker rooms as well. The 49ers offense has scored the third most points in football, gained the second most yards. The Cowboys have scored the fourth most points in football with the 11th most yards in the NFL. And we're going to have ourselves a serious slobber knocker fight. I mean, that's what this is shaping up to be. There's a lot of people who want to tell you that this is a, a preview of what's to come. I don't know what's to come. There's a lot between Sunday and what's to come. So I'm not trying to use this as a bellwether game for the rest of a football season. I'm not trying to use this to solidify anyone's legacy it's just time to beat the Dallas Cowboys. And you know what? Beating the Dallas Cowboys has been a business that's been pretty darn good for Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers have eliminated the Cowboys from the last two postseasons. This is obviously something that continues to haunt Jerry Jones. So everyone's saying all the right things and giving an awful lot of compliments. But there's another reason why compliments are being thrown around. It's because they're well-deserved and well-earned. I know it's very fashionable to not like the Dallas Cowboys. And when 49ers fans make that lifelong choice to not like the Dallas Cowboys, saying nice things about that football team doesn't come easy, doesn't come naturally. But you know what? That's a good team. That's a really good team. And points are going to be at a premium on Sunday. The team that hits the most explosive plays is probably going to be the team that wins this game. Now, I think the 49ers are set up to do that more than the Cowboys are. I think that the 49ers have a passing game that lends itself to more big explosive plays, and we know what Christian McCaffrey has done on the ground. But look, points are going to be seriously at a premium. Cowboys given up 10.3 points per game, only 41 points so far allowed on the entire season. They just had a three-point 
uh, allowance against the, the Patriots, who they blew out of the water, and obviously they shut out the New York Giants uh, to begin the year. So they've had a few very overwhelming defensive games. Now you can say, well, look at those opponents compared to the Niners. It's not exactly the same thing, and you'd be right. But the Dallas Cowboys need not apologize for handling the Patriots or the New York Giants. It was on their schedule, and they took care of business. That's what the 49ers have done. They have systematically taken care of business, and part of that system of taking care of business is running that football. This is the system that Kyle Shanahan wants out there every single Sunday. And he's been getting it with Christian McCaffrey. The team that runs the ball the best on Sunday night, again, probably the team that wins this game. Both these teams want to run the ball. The 49ers are third in rushing in all the NFL. The Cowboys are seventh. We got Christian McCaffrey against Tony Pollard. That is the first versus the fifth leading rusher in all of football. So this is set up to be really, really interesting. Brandon Ayuk right now, the 11th leading receiver. C.D. Lamb is number 12. Now what's impressive about that is Ayuk has missed a game and he still finds himself just a heartbeat outside of the top 10 in receiver production. Debo Samuel, who didn't even have a reception against Arizona, is 25th in receiving yards in the NFL. Again, he didn't have a receiving yard. He has basically missed a game as a wide receiver. So the 49ers are just cooking right now. But the one team that maybe knows how to take their their, their pots and pans and move them around on the stove and get them off that hot fire burner, let's see what the Cowboys got. Don't go disrespecting them as an opponent. It might be cool, look good for social media clout, but the truth is these are two really good teams, and this game could go either way. It'll be decided on the thinnest of margins, as so many NFL games are decided on those, the thinnest of margins. So this is going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. Sunday night, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to get going at the two-minute warning. Post-game and Damon begins before the game's even over. So I hope you plan on joining me on Sunday night. I expect the single biggest audience we've had for any live show I've ever done on Sunday night. That's what the 49ers and Cowboys deliver. Audience, humans, ratings. So I'm looking forward to that. And of course, Larry Kruger and I are going to have a little 49er wake up for you at 8 a.m. starting on Monday morning, brought to you by Palmetto Superfoods. And I believe Larry and I are going to do a special one off Dallas Cowboy preview show on Friday afternoon. We'll let you know when that's going to be. We will stream that live on both of our channels and the Bruce and Kruger team, the tag team that is Damon and Larry, uh, will be here to uh, drop elbows off the top turnbuckle all week long. I mean, why wouldn't we? It's Cowboys week after all. I mean, if we're being totally honest, the sip of the day probably passed about five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago. When this coffee was at its premium, it's now dipped into that probably 135 degree temperature range. Um, It's official. That's the sip of the day, but it's not the best sip of the day I've ever had. But there it is. Uh, Hopefully your bet was in action today. I don't know what the line was. But whenever we get a sip of the day within the first 10 minutes of the show, you know that uh, Damon was up a little early this morning. Ozzy went to his first dentist appointment. And went very well. The two-year-old molars are coming in. He got a uh, 
a Tyrannosaurus Rex balloon animal made for him. And if that's not evidence that things went well at the dentist, I, I don't know what is. I'm a 48-year-old man. I was at a dentist a couple of weeks ago. And at no point in time did they hand me a balloon animal. I would have liked a balloon animal. I'm not afraid of a balloon animal. And not just because, like, I got kids and I'll take it home to them. I'll enjoy a balloon animal myself, thank you very much. Didn't think we were going to get into balloon animals today, but it's a live show, so you never know what's going to happen. I know what should be happening for you when it comes lunchtime today. You should get yourself to Ike's. A delicious sandwich is just waiting for you with your name on it. Actually, if you want to be totally honest, there's a delicious sandwich waiting for you with my name on it. Since I got some promo codes, I'll even use the uh, Damon Bruce as the sandwich I'm selling to you today. Go get a Damon Bruce. When's the last time you had a Damon Bruce from Ike's? I'm fucking delicious. I really am. Put me in your mouth. You will like it. Get yourself a Damon Bruce from Ike's. It's steak, provolone, onion rings, a little steak sauce. Yeah, boy. You're going to like it. A whole bunch of sandwiches that are so delicious, they're just waiting for you, ready for you. Get yourself to Ike's today. You'll be awfully happy that you did. Like I said, I got a promo code for you, and I got some winners to offer you for free. Are you ready for this? My friend Stefan at BottomLineBets.com has decided to be incredibly generous this week. Go to BottomLineBets.com, sign up, use promo code DAMON, and you will get a day of handicapping for free. The promo code DAMON is good for one day of free handicapping. You want to find out for yourself how good my friend Stefan is at BottomLineBets.com? Now you have the opportunity to do so. Go to BottomLineBets.com, use promo code DAMON, and you will get a day of handicapping for free. You have a week to do this. You can use it today for all the playoff baseball. And my man Stefan was undefeated on the wild card opening Tuesday yesterday. He is undefeated. Normally, when it comes to circling his wagons around a Monday night game, a Sunday night game, you want to wait until Saturday's slate of college football to use promo code Damon. That's up to you. Stefan's got winners waiting for you. Find out for yourself. He's being very generous, giving you a free day of handicapping. Use promo code Damon at bottomlinebets.com and start winning today. You will find out how good my man is quickly. Trust me on that. And I've got another promo code for you. First of all, how cool is this t-shirt? These are the Hong Wakus. The Hong Wakus were a long time ago in the 1930s professional basketball team that played in Chinatown. They would play the likes of the Harlem Globetrotters. They'd play the Toledo Brown Bombers. The Olsen's Terrible Suede's were another team in that old league. Jack's on Chestnut Street has the coolest vintage t-shirts you're going to find anywhere. And now, folks, this is my favorite one, too. This is this is my new favorite t-shirt without a doubt. I love this t-shirt. Look at it. It's awesome. It's comfortable. It feels great. It's great quality. You can feel it in the printing. Go to jacksf.com. Fill up that cart. 
all kinds of cool vintage shirts exclusive to Jack's in San Francisco. You can't buy this anywhere else other than Jack's in San Francisco. Go to Jack's SF. That's two S's. J-A-C-K-S. SF.com. And when you check out, use promo code Damon10 for 10% off your entire purchase. Damon10, excuse me, Damon Bruce10. That's the promo code. Damon Bruce10 is the promo code for Jacks. Damon is your promo code for bottomlinebets.com. We got promo codes. We got to keep them all together. Go to mybookie.ag, use promo code DAMON to get yourself a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. Look at us making it happen for the people. Eat a Damon Bruce, use promo code DAMON, use promo code DAMONBRUCE10 when you're at Jack's. Uh, j- just, just bask in all the stuff that we're giving you. Take good care of my sponsors. That's how you take care of me. Oh, I didn't put up the Jax logo because I was telling you all about their cool T-shirts. But Jax is on Chestnut Street. Go check out their brick and mortar. If you're not in the city, go to JaxSF.com for the coolest vintage collection of sports T-shirts you will find anywhere in the world when it comes to Bay Area sports. Very cool stuff. Promo code DamonBruce10 for 10% off at checkout at Jax. So there you go. I believe we have handled all of our obligations, which means we need to dive right back into today's show. And again, look, when it comes to beating the Dallas Cowboys, job one is tracking Micah Parsons like he's an incoming missile because he is. That's what the 49ers need to do as an offense. The way that you got to know where Nick Bosa is or Fred Warner is on every single play where Dre Greenlaw is, you got to know where Micah Parsons is. There is so much defensive talent in this game coming up on Sunday night on both sides of the line of scrimmage. You got Bosa, you got Hargrave, Warner, Hufanga, Greenlaw for the Cowboys. It's Parsons, Lawrence, Leighton Vanderesh, Stephon Gilmore. I mean, there is talent on the defensive side of the ball, and you need to know where Micah Parsons is. He lines up everywhere on the field but under the field goal post. Seriously. Micah Parsons could be coming from everywhere. He might be sitting in an owner's suite, and you think, well, you know, he's not going to be blitzing on this play. And then the ball is snapped, and then all of a sudden, he gets up out of the owner's suite, he puts his drink down, he runs on the field, and he sacks your quarterback. Like, this guy could be coming from anywhere. From anywhere. So knowing where he is, tracking his movement all over the field and paying attention, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm trying to line him right up over Colton McKivitz. More often than not, I'm going to try to take advantage of that matchup. We'll see if McKivitz is up for it, and we'll see if Kyle has the strategy to make the day easier on McKivitz over there. You need some help. You need a tight end. You need a, a fullback. You need a chipper. Go ahead and get Colton McKivitz the help he needs against Micah Parsons, and the 49ers can continue to control the line of scrimmage. Dallas's offensive line has gotten healthier. It's still not as healthy as it could be. That feels like an advantage for a defensive line that should be gelling even more and beyond the come. I'm ready. I am ready. Um, and when it comes to the 49ers defensive line, if you're looking for an egregious, gaudy sack game, you might not get it this week either. 
Well, you might not get it this week either, because if the Dallas Cowboys have embraced an offensive concept that seems to be the new concept around football, it's get that ball out lickety split. I mean, get it out real fast. And the Cowboys have been doing that. This is the passing concept that has been just utilized by all the smart animals in the forest. How do you slow down these highly paid, highly talented defensive lines? You don't even give them a chance to get to your quarterback. The ball is out in under three seconds, and that is what the Cowboys have done this year. Now, they've done it a little bit by hook and crook. Again, they've had some serious offensive line problems, so the Cowboys have needed to get the ball out fast just to preserve Dak, but it's also been effective for them. And the Cowboys, unlike the 49ers, who have had so many decent offensive days trying to sift through which one you like the most, you could say, what's your best defensive day? The Dallas Cowboys are very convinced they have yet to have their best offensive day. Excuse me, I said defensive day. I meant offensive day. Todd Archer, who covers the Dallas Cowboys, said Prescott's air average yards per attempt at just five and a half, ranked 33rd out of 34 qualifying quarterbacks. His average pass time is 2.49. That is the fourth fastest in football. So Dak Prescott has very much subscribed to this ball is out before you can even blink your eyes. Mike McCarthy, the, the, the Cowboys' offense is a little bit more... Uh, hurried to get the ball out than before, which means they're not taking those big shot plays over and over again downfield to, you know, C.D. Lamb or or Michael Gallup or or Brandon Cooks. You know, they're 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 embracing the trend that is get it out fast. The Cowboys will be selectively aggressive, uh, according to Todd Archer. And oh, by the way, we're getting a test. Right now, my phone is getting a test of the national alert system uh, as uh, talks of World War III in Russia are spreading out, and they're putting, like, uh, gas masks on kids over in Russia. Always a scary sight. Uh, We decided to test the national emergency alert system. Uh, Great. It worked over here. I mean, I got, I got enough shit going on between the kids, the channel, the podcast, Warriors season coming up, uh, two boys under the age of five. I, I, I don't have time for World War Three. I don't have time for World War Three. And if we're being totally honest, World War Three has already been fought and America's lost. World War Three, we were told it would be a war of information. The disinformation is now so widespread, I would say that whoever... Whoever, whoever spread that, they're the ones who won the war. So we've already lost World War III. This is World War IV is what we're talking about, but this is going to be like an actual nuclear winter. Oh, great. I mean, can we get to Thanksgiving first? I got a buddy of mine who's going prime rib again this, this Thanksgiving. I want, to get to, I want to get to Thanksgiving. I want that prime rib. Sorry, white meat, dark meat. You can't beat red meat. Great. So there you go. Nothing quite as reassuring as a national emergency test, just in case it's about to be World War Four. So where was I? <laughs> 
Get the ball out fast. Get your nuclear missiles out fast. That's the new way to play offense. And the Cowboys offense has been in a little bit of a shell. They're looking to be the turtle that pokes its head out a little bit more, gets more aggressive. I don't know if the 49ers are the right team to get that much more aggressive against, but we will see. Uh, this offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys has yet to see a single snap at full strength. I don't think they're going to be at full strength against the 49ers. I like the Niners in this game. I love the way that the Niners are playing. I love the way that their offense has embraced Brock Purdy and all that he has become so early in his career. Brock Purdy's got the third best completion percentage in football. He's got the second most yards per attempt in football. The 49ers, they got this systematically aggressive more than any one particular standout play level of aggressive, and it adds up to a lot of good offensive days. Let's see if they can go north of 30, and if they do go north of 30 again, they're going to win this football game. They're going to win that football game on Sunday night. The good news is that we're finally going to get a primetime game that doesn't involve the New York Giants. You know, here on a Wednesday, we see a lot of information about ratings and teams start to really trickle out because the NFL week now is officially over. Everyone's had time to digest the stats and the return and the ratings. Um, the New York Giants need to be uh, removed from any concept of primetime entertainment going forward. They are statistically the worst primetime team of all time. If they weren't from New York and showing up with the number one media market in the country, we wouldn't need them at all. They would have no purpose this year. According to ESPN Stats and Info, the New York Giants are the only team to play three primetime games so far this season. They're 0-3 and have been outscored 94-15. to Again, they're, they're minus 79 in point differential in primetime games so far this year. That's the worst point differential by any team in a span of three primetime games since the 1970 merger. So this is historical dreck being served up by the New York Giants. Not only that, but Daniel Jones, their quarterback, is now 1-12 as a starter in primetime games and 0-7 on Monday Night Football. So can we please get them off? I don't want to see them anymore. God, they're terrible. And we got the Jets all stacking up to be in front of us in prime time way too much this year. Good Lord. It's a problem. It's a problem. So, look, we've got, uh, oh, my gosh, we're already backed up in terms of the chat line. Let's see. Uh, we're 20 minutes behind the chat already. Lots of people talking about a lot of things. Uh, AJ Cruz earlier on saying, all right, it's Humo Day, plus it's Cowboys Week. What a day. What a lovely day. Again, Humo Day. I don't know where you came up with it, Plusers, but it's officially yours. You break it, you bought it. Uh, my man True Blue Forever says, all right, let's begin with this little qu quiz. 18 major league teams did not make the playoffs this season. 17 have already officially thanked their fans. Guess which one has not? Does it rhyme with fuck John Fisher? I bet it does. God, they're the worst. They are the worst. You guys are the best. We will get into the things you are talking about, thinking about, and chatting about here in just a little bit. Um, 
Hopefully no one was too freaked out about their cell phone, sounding like it was about to be World War IV. It's not, not today anyways. Hopefully they save that for, again, after Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm, it's a little bit too early in the fall for World War IV. I like the colors of the leaves to turn before we get into nuclear holocaust myself. Isn't it great we can be so punchy and cavalier about impending doom? <laughs> Laugh it off, everybody, because if you concentrate on it, uh, it's not good. Here's a little something that you probably didn't think was going to be on today's show. It's about coffee. It's not the sip of the day, but it's more about a scalable problem. By the way, this is a scalable problem that baseball is having. Uh, is as by the oh by, by the way before we get I got a little ahead of myself pardon me I was thrown off by the concept of World War Four. Do you see that Bruce Bochy's Rangers won yesterday four to nothing? So we after one day of wild card play have seen the Rangers, the Twins, the Diamondbacks, and Phillies all win their wild card openers. That makes it do or die day for the Rangers, Blue Jays, Brewers, and Marlins. If you like baseball with consequence, you get some today. Um, I'm officially rooting for Bruce Bochy, which means I'm rooting against Tampa Bay. But there's another reason why I'm rooting, rooting against Tampa Bay, and that's because they're ruining baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays have seriously ruined baseball to the point where they can't even draw uh, fans to their own playoff games. And it's because they run a very ugly brand of baseball that doesn't allow Major League Baseball things to happen. They're platooning an awful lot. Now, they got a budget that restricts their ability to sign free agents, but the way they've gone about cobbling together pitching staffs is now affecting and infecting other teams, especially the the Giants who have, you know, spent spent the entire year with with two and a half starters on their uh, on their roster and then just bullpenning through everything else. The concept of bullpenning was invented by the Tampa Bay Rays and it's part of a problem uh, that they've never been able to, you know, capture the imagination of their own fans. I saw that Eno Saris was talking about how uh, only two pitchers averaged more than 100 pitches per start this year in AAA, and both of those pitchers only made one AAA start. Their names were Carlos Rodriguez and Brandon Komar, and that is disgusting. Only two AAA pitchers threw more than 100 pitches in a start. If you're wondering why everyone in baseball, from a starting pitching standpoint, is becoming a massive fucking wuss, it's because of that. It's because of that. If you treat everyone like they're a bullpen pitcher, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a team full of bullpen pitchers who don't know how to last more than four innings. Enosaurus continued in The Athletic saying that I saw some research from Pitching Bot that command falls apart before your stuff stars, starts to fall apart at about 80 pitches. And then I saw that the Rays averaged 80 pitches per start this year. And then I wondered, geez, I wondered where that came from. Again, you got people that are so dependent on math for their baseball ideas that they are ruining 
human arms in terms of being strong enough to last in the name of conserving bullets that no one knows how to really shoot as a starter anymore. The American League wildcard series opener between the Rangers and Rays drew an announced crowd in Tampa yesterday of just 19,704. It's the lowest postseason game any team has played in terms of attendance since the 1919 World Series. And of course, what happened during the coronavirus pandemic. The Elias Sports Bureau reports that that is 5,300, 5,300 below capacity. And you're telling me the Oakland A's got to be the team that moves? If the Oakland A's, as shitty as their owner is, were in a playoff game, there'd be 60,000 people in that Coliseum to support them. I'll give you that much. They can't even get 20,000 fans to watch a playoff game in Tampa? Fuck you, Tampa. You don't even deserve a team. Like, I don't care how shitty you've been treated. I don't care how close, but never close enough. Like, you don't deserve a baseball team if you can't get 20,000 people together to watch a playoff game in person. Oh, that weird start time at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Fuck your 3 o'clock in the afternoon start time. You should be there anyways. Take a day off of work. What, are you kidding me? That's gross. That's gross. So, you know, you take the concept of, I don't care how well they're managed. To me, if you manage your team like the way the Tampa Bay Rays manage your team, you're a shitty product. I don't care what what level of success you attach to your shitty product, it's still a shitty product in my mind. The Giants are trying to be more like the Tampa Bay Rays than they are the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that's why Larry Bear today sent out his Mia Culpa email. Sorry for our shitty product this year. Saw that this morning. You don't need to be the Tampa Bay Rays if you're the San Francisco Giants, for Christ's sake. Stop trying to be like that. Stop it. It's like a scalable business problem, you know? Oh my God, one team that's poor found a really decent way to compete while being poor. That doesn't mean teams that have wealth should be like, well, let's be like the poor teams. But that's what the Giants have become. I want to share something with you that is not sports related. It's coffee related, which means it'll be very welcome on this program. But it just shows you how when you're running a big business, little things matter. Time saved, not turning your entire starting pitching staff into fucking pussies, like these things matter. Um, a guy named Trung Fan was reporting on Starbucks, and this is fascinating. You're gonna, I think you're going to find this very interesting. Starbucks is spending almost half a billion dollars on a new bar setup to streamline how they make coffee. A half a billion dollars to just say, all right, so instead of the, uh, the, the pump flavors being over here, they should be over here. 
Instead of coffee lids being over here, they should be over here. Instead of coffee sleeves over here, they should be over here. Instead of your, your beans over here, they should be over here. Why would a company spend a half a billion dollars setting up you know, like what a barista should do first thing in the morning, like this is how we make our coffee, this is how we do it. Well, I found this interesting. They're calling this the siren system, where key ingredients, dairy, pumps, caffeine, ice, are all placed in new optimized counters. New optimized counters are coming in to Starbucks, uh, about uh, about 40% of their U.S. stores by 2026 will have the siren system installed. Why would they do that? Why did they spend a half a billion dollars on, hey, you should keep your creamer from, you should move your creamer from here to over here. Like we spent a half a billion dollars researching this? Why? Well, there's a reason. Trung Fan says, take a mocha frappuccino, for example. Under the existing system, a mocha frappuccino takes 16 steps for a barista and 87 seconds to make. Under the siren system, it'll be 14 steps. So they're eliminating two steps. And it'll happen in around 36 seconds instead of taking 87 seconds to come up with a mocha frappuccino. So Starbucks annual sales are around $40 billion coming from 37,000 plus stores in America. It's one of the biggest chains in the world. And at such scale, this is about scaling, okay? Why would you spend a half a billion dollars to streamline your coffee-making process? Well, the bean counters have spoken. And I don't mean coffee beans. I mean like the accountants. It is very profitable for Starbucks to shave a few seconds off of each order per Bloomberg. Starbucks would make an extra $900 million a year if each store served five more customers a day. Each store, five more cups of coffee sold a day at the end of the year could mean nearly a billion dollars more profit. That's why Starbucks spent a half a billion to research, where should we put these coffee stirrers? There are currently 383 billion potential drink combinations at Starbucks, and people are getting so ridiculously elaborate with their orders. Some of these orders take five, six minutes to put together. It's insane, the demands of the coffee-drinking Starbucks assholes. So the average wait time at a Starbucks is five minutes. You cut that down, it's billions of dollars. Why does Starbucks put up with all the extras and furls and pumps and crap that you could put into your coffee? Because that means about a hundred million, excuse me, a billion dollars a year worth of upcharges for your coffee. For people like me who just always want a black coffee, it's very annoying to be waiting behind a 15-step frappa mochaccino half-calf latte decaf. It's annoying. So hopefully the system will make it better. But I just thought that that was fascinating. Scalability. Five more customers a day per every store in Starbucks equals another $900 million at least for the company annually. That's why they're doing it. Fascinating. 
Look, just a couple of other things to uh, tell you about before we hop into Club Plus. I know a lot of people are talking, a lot of people are chatting. I see it. it's moving like uh, like like traffic. It's it's just flying over there. So I will get here in just a second. But again, I want to tell you. Go to bottomlinebets.com. Use promo code DAMON for a free day. That promo code lasts a week. If you're thinking about betting this weekend, go to bottomlinebets.com. Use promo code DAMON, and you'll get all of Stefan's picks for free for a day of your choosing between now and a week from now. Go to jacksf.com to get t-shirts as cool as this and get... 10% 10% off your purchase by using promo code DamonBruce10 over at Jack's. And there you go. Uh, Leave It to Beaver debuted today in 1957. That was 66 years ago. Wally and the Beave, Eddie Haskell, for those of you who are old enough to get that reference, there you go. 66 years old. Leave It to Beaver. I, I watched a lot of Leave It to Beaver because it used to be on Nickelodeon. When I was a kid. So I, I'm a big Leave It to Beaver guy. Feels like there's way too many people passing away these days. Uh, rest in peace to Jim Capel. That is a name that you should be familiar with if you're a baseball fan. Jim Capel was a longtime ESPN baseball writer. I saw on Barrett Sports Media that he passed away on Sunday. His wife announced in a statement on social media that the 17-year ESPN veteran who covered 20 World Series uh, worked for the St. Paul Pioneer Press and the Seattle Post-Intelligencer, passed away. He was a really good writer. Capel had been fighting both ALS and dementia and lost his life at the way-too-young age of 61 years old. Very, very sad. So uh, peace to the Capel family. Hopefully he rests in peace. I'm sick and tired of making these sad announcements at the end of shows. So let's cheer ourselves up. By going into Club Plus and hanging out and having some fun over there. And then... We're getting funky all week. We are bringing the funk in the VIP lounge that is the AMP app. Go to AMP, sign up today. I've got a collection of funk that is going to make you a funkier human being. I promise you that. That's going down on the AMP app. It's funk week. On Damon Bruce Plus on AMP, it is funk week here on... uh, on the YouTube channel, and it is really funky that our podcast has now been downloaded over a hundred thousand times. I thank you so very much for doing that, and I remind you that sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone. <laughs> 